the Dragonlance Nexus is proud to present the Dragonlance Canticle. Greetings, friends and fellow companions, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Dragonlance Canticle. My name is Trampus Whiteman, and I'm pretty certain that I am a glitch in the multiverse. And my name is Megan, and I am even more certain that Trampus is a glitch in the multiverse. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Who else do we have here? John, would you like to say hello? Yeah, I am John Ryan, and I control all glitches in every multiverse. Oh my goodness, that sounds like a lot of responsibility. (laughs) Weldon, how about you? Are you a glitch? uh, Are you real? Are you here? Well, then, and we prefer to call ourselves, we are variants. Oh, variants. Okay. Variants. Nicely done. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Okay. Nicely done. Loki reference. <laughs> which is a good show if you guys have not been watching it. And folks, that's our cast of characters uh, for tonight. Um, we got a lot to talk about. Um, Megan, what do we have to talk about? Well, today we are doing... The long overdue discussion of Dragons of Fate. Yay. The second, yay, the second book in the Dragonlance Destinies trilogy by Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman, which was released in August of this year. It is, it is, uh, geez, November now that we're recording. So we're a bit behind, but better late than never, as they say. I mean, we did, we did a Dragons of Spring Dawning, uh, episode 40 years late. So I guess four months late is okay. We're just going to get into We're going to be talking about the novel, what we liked, what we didn't like, what worked, what we want to see going forward, and just sort of uh, pick it apart, put it back together. You know, that's what that's what Dragonlance nerds do, right? That's what we do. Uh, before we get into the book, though, let's do um, let's talk about any Nexus updates that we have going on. I think we have just two things that I wanted to mention. Um, the first is that we are hard at work on the, uh, the fifth edition conversion for the first four DL modules. The, um, what's the work, the working title that we're doing? Is it just called Autumn Twilight? Autumn Twilight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this, this is, uh, an interesting take. Basically, the guys have, um, decided let's go back to the beginning. So they're not looking at, the second or third edition conversion so much. Um, but excuse me, they're they went back to the beginning and they're just doing this uh conversion straight from that. So um it it's gonna be fun. Yeah, so that is underway. Um I asked uh Chuck recently or earlier today, he said that uh we're in the layout process. So that um from my experience that's usually that's pretty close to the end. That's sort of the last step um, to get it ready for publication. So uh, if you're following us on Twitter at DL Nexus or you're in the Dragonlance Nexus Facebook group, keep an eye out because we will be letting you all know once uh, Autumn Twilight is available. Yeah, now I want to give a shout out to Elena for a wonderful cover to this book. I mean, it looks it, it looks like something straight out of the novels. You know, it's it's just amazing. It is amazing. I'm uh, all of her. All of her work is amazing. But this one, I mean, she's like. I feel like every time she does something for us, she tops herself. So yeah, she's she's definitely <laughs> up in her game every time. And I'm like, 
Wow, you know, glad she likes us. So. <laughs> um, I was telling I was telling the guys before you joined the chat, um, Trampus, that I'm also super excited because uh, Shadow of the Black Rose is about to hit gold status. So there, if there's anybody out there who's interested yes. in buying Shadow of the Black Rose, either PDF or print on demand, it's still available. Uh, help us get those few more copies we need to bump us over that threshold, and then we get that fancy gold medallion on our uh, on our DMs guild listing. So, thank you to everybody who has bought it. I am yes, and it's print on demand as well. I've yeah got a uh, copy over here on my bookshelf, and it looks nice there. And you guys are going to have fun. Yes, I'm over the moon with the response that it's gotten. So. Uh, if over the over all three moons with the response that it's gotten. So <laughs> if it sounds like something you're interested in, especially if you're um, planning on running or currently running Shadow of the, or Shadow of the Dragon Queen, check it out. Yes, so, I have uh, two friends that have played all the way through the module and they loved it. Yeah, we had a great time. Uh, these two Fantastic. friends, these two friends were in. Uh, I ran it for them, and they it was it was very. Very epic, epic final showdown. So it's very gratifying to me. And I think hopefully it will be just as satisfying to all the players. Awesome. Um, let's talk about Dragons of Fate. So Dragons of Fate, there's going to be spoilers here. So if you have not yet read the book um, and you don't want any spoilers, uh, stop the episode, go grab a copy. And then once you're done reading it, come back and listen to us chat about it. So, oh, sorry, there's going to be, and there's going to be spoilers for Dragons of Deceit as well. Dragons of Deceit ends with uh, Destina Rose Thorn, Tasselhoff Burfoot, Rayson Majir, and Stern Brightblade all being thrown back in time to the, uh, to the era we lovingly call the Third Dragon War. The, or the second. Or the or, second, depends or on. Or the <laughs> It's the seventh dragon war. <laughs> uh, it depends on the source you're referring to. I'll, I'm going to call it the third dragon war now and forever. And so that's the, the interaction of the, it's the interaction of the device of time journeying, the gray gem, and the staff of Magius, all sort of in the same place at the same time causes a time travel explosion and everybody's thrown back in time. With their, well, at least Sturm and Raceland have their memories sort of still intact. Like they are, they are the people that they were at the beginning of um, Autumn Twilight. Like Raceland still has his red robes, but they seem to remember everything from what happened afterwards, including their own deaths. Yeah, and they're back. Really they're that, back. It's a little confusing, but it, it's a nice twist. You know, it's. It's like we're seeing them in their, maybe not at the prime of their power in Raceland's case, but, you know, they're, they're young, they're fit, and, um, they're about where they were at the start of Chronicles. You know, it's just they've got all their life experiences from that point on. What were you hoping for, or not hoping for, but what were we sort of expecting going into this book? What, um, did you, what did you, think this book was going to be trampus why don't you go first oh me gosh <laughs> um it, you know it's it's kind of funny because because you know john and i talked about it after 
he read it and to him the ending of the book was a surprise to me i saw it coming a mile away um now just based on the the jacket of the book you know it's it's talking about how the characters um meet their heroes and everything so yeah i i expected that uh there'd be a lot of focus on um Sturm and Huma and then uh Raceland and Matthias and there was um I was kind of hoping one of those two might be a bit disappointed in their hero um but it wasn't near quite what I was hoping for um and the other thing I was hoping for is that Destina would have um a lot of growth in this book and I don't think she did. Did it go about the way I thought? Yes, but there's, I think there's an opportunity or two missed here. John, what about you? Sorry, sorry to cut you off, Trampus. Do you want to? I I just wanted to, um, you know, but overall, good book. I enjoyed it. Great. Uh, John, how about you? So when, when, when they get thrown back in time and they, A, have a kinder with them, and B, they have the gray gym itself. I, I honestly, I had no idea what to expect, so I was literally just along for the ride on this one. Apparently, I'm the only one that didn't see the ending coming because Chuck said he saw it a mile away. Trampus, not saw the it a mile only away. one, not the only um, one. <laughs> they, they must have uh, some high-powered telescopes or binoculars or something. Because no, I, I was, I was surprised i was shocked that margaret and tracy went with how they did it at the ending yeah the the ending was by far the best part of the book for me just because it was such a surprise i like trampus i i didn't uh really we didn't really get much character growth from destina um she got way more development in the first book than she did in this one and uh I, i feel like she's supposed to be like the main character in this trilogy and she just took a back seat in this book um for the most part she was off trying to find yeah. and disappeared out of you know probably um 150 pages or so um looking for tasselhoff and not being really mentioned so i i also enjoyed the book there there were things that that i didn't enjoy um but we we, we can get into that uh, here in a little bit, but overall, I, I liked the book, and uh, the ending really, really threw me for a loop. All right, awesome. Uh, well then, how about you? Yeah, um, much like John, when I came into it, I said, you know, time's already changing. We've got a kinder in the past. Things are being altered. Whatever we're going to be reading will just be, you know, one crazy ride going through the whole thing. And just, you know, all bets are off. You know, I have no expectation of the past, present, future after this. You know, I was even on the point of thinking, whatever they're going to change, that means, you know, all all bets are off on anything canon for anything else you've read in Dragonlance because <laughs> change everything. You know, anything you think is the truth will no longer be the truth. You know, all that kind of stuff. It's like, even if it were canon with canon, you know, the the revelations of how these people will interact and how that affects 
a timeline that we know only as legends. Um, you know, really only things that are like a thousand plus, you know, fourteen thousand, fourteen hundred years in the past to the War of the Lands. Everything we've heard could have just been complete, you know, complete, you know, storytelling, uh, like you know, Kendra tales. You know, anything that could be the truth, you know, will be revealed in this book, and like that throws everything off. And you know, I speak of Greta, the the sister of Huma that no one ever, no one ever knew of until this book. And I'm like, wow. Well, yeah, that's not true. Yes, that the previous book they did mention her, and it's like, okay, but you know, more information about her existence, and like, wow. You know, she was lost to the history before before this series. So that's where I was going into the book. It's all about fact finding and and seeing where where they're gonna put this and knowing that Margaret Weiss uh, Margaret Weiss really liked um, Empire Strikes Back, except you know, Return of the Jedi sucked for her. Um, you know, this <laughs> had the same of that, like you know. The middle of the middle part of the story is, is supposed to be like jaw dropping and so crazy that you got to just read the rest of the trilogy, find out what's going to happen in the last book. And this book did it. This book carried it through. And like, I can't wait for the next book. I had sort of a set idea of what I thought this book was going to be. And it was not. I was thinking what was going to happen was Sturm and Raceland were, I was expecting, um, Sort of like in War of the Twins, when Raceland goes back in time and he kind of replaces Fist and Dantilus in the timeline. That's what I thought was going to happen. I thought it was yeah, going to, I thought Raceland was going to replace Magius and Sturm was going to replace Huma. And it would be like, oh, it was, it was Sturm and Raceland all along, or else, or else, you all so, along. <laughs> or else something happens, uh, with the timeline and Sturm has to take Huma's place and Raceland has to take Magius's place. Like, you know, the gray gem manufactures the way that Magius and Huma are, you know, killed prematurely. And then, um, our heroes have to sort of fill in the roles that they played in history. And it, the book didn't, uh, didn't really do that. I mean, I wouldn't say that I was disappointed. It's not like I wanted that to happen exactly. It's just that I thought that's what was going to happen. I do have a few sort of likes and dislikes about the book that I'd like to touch on. Um, one thing that, I think we should get right into since um, it's been mentioned already is the um, is the way. Well, let's talk about some of the let's talk about some of the character, the characterizations in general. Um, So it's been mentioned that Destina could have grown more as a person and that she sort of took a backseat in her own story. I kind of felt that, too. I felt like Destina just didn't have a lot to do in this book. She seemed to spend most of her time just like sitting around in the high Claris tower. Um, yeah. I liked, I liked Tasselhoff more in this book than I did in the last one. Although, which is a good thing. I feel like ever since Legends, I've liked Tasselhoff less and less each book that I've read. But in this one, he was, I mean, we had this whole discussion for the first book about whether it's, whether Tass is just that stupid or whether it's because he's under the effect of a love spell that he just acts stupid. <laughs> I felt he was not so abrasively stupid in this book. I mean, he does get up to his Kender shenanigans as usual, but it, I didn't feel it um, sort of beating on the inside of my skull like I did in the first book. Um, Huma and Magius, I was, 
I was, I enjoyed them as characters. I kind of liked their camaraderie. I liked the way that they interacted with the other characters in the story. I didn't go in with a sort of a preconceived notion of what Huma or Magius should be like, like what their personalities should be like. I did. Um, you did. Okay. We'll get, we'll get to that. That'll be we'll our, our that. well, that'll be our next topic. So I didn't have a set idea of what I expected them to be like. And I, I found myself liking both of them as characters. They were easy to like. And so I did. And then um, we'll talk about Sturm and Raceland. I'm not quite sure which Raceland this is supposed to be in this book. You know, is it, he's, I feel like he's the nicest Raceland has ever been in this book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it, what, one of the things that I found interesting about this is, you know, Magius, Magius, however you pronounce it, uh, the, he becomes Raceland's friend. Not just mm -hmm. his hero, but friend, you know. And Raceland feels like he's never really had a friend before, like this at least. You know, someone who really gets him. But you know, well, it's, do, do you think that that sort of softened Raceland a bit, having somebody he could actually talk yes. to and that sort of got him? Yeah, yeah. And you know, as he's going through the book, he's like, you know, I could maybe even be a hero. And it's like, whoa, you know, you go, Loki. I mean, Raceland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that, too. I mean, he, when he was like, I'm going to risk, I'm going to risk my life and I'm going to risk the timeline to go save Magius because he's my friend. It's like, wow, Raceland. Is really, it's interesting that quite a he's bromance kind of, going on. It's interesting that he's kind of like, screw the timeline. You know, I'm going to do my thing to save the friend, you know, and I'm like. You right. probably know the timeline better than anybody, say Vastinus, you know. Yeah, and the consequences of messing with it. So I did find that part extremely kind of compelling because, like you said, Raceland knows about time. And especially since he's seen his, his future, he knows more about time than he would normally know at this point at the beginning of the Chronicles. So the fact that he knows the consequences that could be involved he lets his passions lead him and uh and and he goes on the the rescue mission for magius um you know we, we all always assume that raceland is this super genius that would never make a mistake um because he knows everything but remember he walked right into fist and danlis's footsteps in the chronicles or the legends um you know following the same path when if he would have been a little bit smarter, he would have done a little bit more research and figured out, oh, it, the, the the portal of the abyss isn't in Palantis. It's at Zaman Keep. I, I should have just went there first. Um, but then so you he's have not, a book. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not perfect. He's not perfect as much as we want to think he might be. Um, but he is uh, sometimes ruled by his passions and not his brain. Well, then, how do you feel about these characters in this in this novel? Well, uh, so the premise is that Sturm and Raceland are their souls have basically been returned from you know whatever um, afterlife or or um, you know life you know after death occurred. So they remember all their their past selves. I mean, Sturm. You know, he's a character that I would have imagined would have remembered. This is why I got myself killed at the High Clearest Tower. The knighthood was falling apart, and I chose to 
you know, do this. And that was my only action to save Lorena by like distracting the High Lord. You know, and and there's there was a part of me that's going like, do you know that was kit that that skewered you? You know, <laughs> okay, don't know that yet. You know, you died, but you didn't know that. Okay, good. You know, and and Raceland the same thing. He went through the abyss. He you know basically would have won. He would have saw himself and and how you know his his life would have become an unending. You know, uh, you know, eating himself, you know, trying to find sustenance that wasn't there, you know, you, you, you know, the image of the snake constantly eating his tail. I would have imagined those type of growth experiences would have changed you so much that you're different. So I'm okay with Raceland being a little bit more like maybe I can be good because at this point he's like, all right, you've been the ultimate evil. Now you can, you know, here's your second chance to do something different than than all your past choices so i thought yeah okay raceland's grown a little bit he's you know he said screw it i still don't care about the timeline or rules or whatever the gods want but i'll save my friend i'm kind of yeah. like that's that's the raceland we wish you would have been when you were in the war of the lands with your friends before you left tennis in riverwind and gold moon and your brother to brought on a boat you know about <laughs> to sink yeah. Okay. All right. Good. You know. Good. Gro- good growth, Raceland. You. You go save him. You know all that stuff. So I. I. I liked that bit. That was. That was good growth on his part. Um. Sir. Yeah. Okay. He's. He's. You know. He's still the hero type. He hasn't changed very much from that. Um. But I thought there could have been more from Sturm because yeah. you know he was very self-reflective before he passed. And I thought that self-reflection probably should have, you know, colored his viewpoint of of meeting his hero Huma and and stuff like that. I, I guess he did since he thought, well, Huma's human, and he, you know, he's not the rule-bound kind of knight that I am. And what does that make me? I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, I I really enjoyed the uh, the conversations between Sturm and Raceland, especially when. You know, Raceland kind of owns up to his mistakes and, you know, confronts Sturm with that. You were right about me. I do turn to darkness. Um, You were right all along. Like, that conversation was, I think, probably my favorite part of the book. Um, Just that line, you were right about me. Like, it's kind of Mm -hmm. like a, a reverse Darth Vader. You know, tell your sister I was right. Well, that was finding the good invader, but this is him admitting, you know, I do turn into a son of a bitch in the future and uh, will almost destroy the world. You were right. Trampus, how did you, you, you mentioned uh, some uh, concerns or uh, perhaps you disliked the characterization of human magus. Why don't you uh, elaborate upon that for us, please? Okay, I'm going to clarify. I didn't dislike it. I enjoyed it quite well, actually. But I know one of the big criticisms of this novel is that the Huma and Magius in here aren't the same ones you're used to from the legend of Huma. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not saying they're different characters, just saying they're written by different authors and interpreted differently. There is an in-world way of looking at that, and I think it makes perfect sense considering the time period. Um, think about our own world. You know, you have the legends of 
uh, King Arthur and Merlin, which is the inspiration for Huma and Magius anyway. But, um, you know, how many different interpretations of those characters and all their all the other characters have there been? You know, I I mean, I can think of three movies just off the top of my head. Four, I'm sorry, Holy Grail. Um, dealing with, you know, like <laughs> King Arthur. Theaters in December. I can't wait. Yes. <laughs> But I mean, you know, like Excalibur, First Night, uh, then you got the T.H. White's book, Once and Future King, you know, and there's a thousand other interpretations. This is a time of myth and legend. Dragons were thought to be mythical at the start of the War of the Lands, you know. So why not, if this is a world of tales, of legends, pardon the pun here, then that's what they are. There is the legend of Huma, but is that legend based on truth? Well, this is another tale that may or may not be based on truth. And so if you look at it that way, it's just like when you have any uh, any property that's like sci-fi or fantasy, and they have alternate realities to them. You know, Marvel Comics, Star Trek, etc., etc. Um that's how I see this here. And so by thinking of it that way, that enabled me to enjoy things better. So I don't get bent out of shape when they say, oh, you know, Huma has brown hair. No, he actually <laughs> has blonde hair. I, I know because I did the did the comic and I did a lot of research on this. And uh, <laughs> But that didn't bother me once I approached it from that angle. And I'm hoping... That if other folks approach it from that angle, then they'll find enjoyment in it too, and not nitpick. Is there any other departures from the Legend of Huma that that really rankled anybody, or that they thought were improvements? Oh, where's Kaz? <laughs> Where is Kaz? <laughs> John, please go first because I like that sound that you made when I asked the question. Um. So my my advice is or, or or my my thoughts my my opinion is if you haven't read legend of huma before then dragons of fate is going to be probably one of the best books you you've read because it's it's exciting it's got action it's got you know shock it's got it's got a lot of good stuff but if you have read legend of huma first then you're going to get a lot of where is this where is this where is this person? Where is this location? Where is this commander of armies? Um, where's Kaz the Minotaur? Where is Galen Dracos? Where is the mm. Dread Wolves? Um, you know, Legend of Human wasn't at the High Clarice Tower. It was nowhere near the High Clarice Tower. Um, you know, so the location changed. Uh, the characters changed. They brought back Immolatus from uh, the their their brothers Magier book uh, brothers in arms um, brought him back which was cool like if you've read brothers in arms and then you read this cool they're they're tying those characters together the character of Immolatus tying it to this time period and also in the future very cool I I do appreciate and I and I love that kind of stuff when they thread things together like that but Richard Neck and his contributions to Dragonlance, because let's face it, uh, the Legend of Huma, I think, is probably one of the only other 
best-selling titles in Dragonlance, and it was just completely ignored. They could have they could have thrown in one or two lines to explain a difference, um, but there was nothing, and it was just jarring as hell that human's best friend Kaz, you know, wasn't there. And not not best friend, but you know, his his companion, his friend, was nowhere to be seen. Galen Dracos, who is, you know, you would think by the, the legend of Kaz, he's like the leader of most of Takesis' forces. Um, which, you know, that might be further south. He's the leader of Takesis' forces. And, you know, the he's not known up north, perhaps. Um, you know, there's there's ways to get around the discrepancies. But the fact that that was how Huma, you know, the 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 fight he had with Dracos, Magius dying, um, how he did, is and and the way Huma died, um, obviously, is very very different than the story that we've known for the past thirty five years. So it's it's a bit jarring, um, and if you, but I, you can still enjoy the book. I, I still one hundred percent enjoy the book. It was just. Uh, I had some WTF moments as I was listening to it through the first time, um, just because it was so different than what we've known for, you know, the majority of my life. What is the, can, can someone clarify something for me? Because I was getting mixed up. The creation of the Dragonlances, I always thought that was part, that was a response to this war, this crisis. But in this novel, they seem to already exist. And yeah. Gwyneth just um, had to go get them. Yeah, well, so they in existed Lin- in the Legend Huma. of Huma as well. Lin- Huma found them; he didn't make them. Okay, so that's um, not if, that's if I'm mean. Correctly. Well, there's that. Uh, <laughs> dude, there's that one character who um, there was the Forge Master guy. Yeah, I wish I could remember his name. I am, I'm sorry, but you know the guy who previously had the silver arm of Urgoth. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, so it could be could be my faulty memory. Don't don't uh Yeah, so in the don't, Sh- don't hold it against the book if it's just me forgetting. Yeah, but in that book, basically the dragon metal used to make dragon lances exists because Huma killed a you know, worm father, who was like a very, very big, nasty underground trapped dragon that he was able to, you know, uh, to defeat single-handedly, and therefore the the blood of this dragon became the metal that is used to create the dragon lances. Hence, fourth why it's so dangerous and so deadly to to dragons. You know that completely doesn't exist in this book because the dragons had all you know the good dragons had already made dragon lances. They just didn't have anyone to you know carry them forth into battle. You know, and and I gotta admit that that bugged me. That bugged the hell out of me <laughs> <laughs> because I'm going like, all right, you are dragons and you create lances to you know, so you have riders to ride with you. Yeah, that that you know, why you know, why would you do that first before you actually had a hero to actually <laughs> utilize and use them? That that was a plot hole that that bugged me for a bit, but. You know, putting the, putting the lance before the dragon, as they say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know that that I've whole really made me, you know, actually. Um, I don't know if I described this earlier in on the forums or you know in, on 
on the the nexus or anything but i at some point i felt like oh this is just piddling on on richard Nack's work <laughs> did all this just literally just did you just piddle all over it like uh but then i i had a turnaround on that point i reread you know the book several times i've created in my mind an actual functional timeline of like why this all exists why things are different uh, i'll 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 someday i'll someday share it but um <laughs> at the subscribe at to the point, dragonlands nexus like, fan group on facebook yeah and <laughs> then i i got to the point where i said all right just like john i said i've got to ignore all all facts i've got to ignore you know things like this this is tracy and margaret's story to be respectful for Margaret and Tracy, I gotta let them tell the story that they want, and then enjoy it on their merits, not not the overall merits of the entire Dragonlance series, because that's overwhelming. I mean, and then I got to the point where I was seeing nuance. Like, um, if anyone's already read it and you thought, ugh, go back and read it again. I always, you know, recommend rereading books and. I actually saw, um, how do you describe this? I actually saw a battle of, of time changing. If you watch Destina and, and the Grey Gem with, with uh, her and you watch Tasselhoff, they are actually in a war against each other. The, the, the chaos, uh, the, the Grey Gem will do something and then Tasselhoff, without really meaning to, will change it. You know, it, it's a back and forth, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And, and that made me go like, okay, time's been changing so many ways and so many facets with this ongoing battle between these two that the timelines changed. I mean, I can deal with the fact that somehow all this might have played into the fact that, you know, lances that were made, and I actually went back to read that lots of dragon lances were made. Um, not just Huma's Lance, but a lot of others, that this type of battle occurred. And I'm going like, okay, and, you know, given the rules of, uh, you know, back in Legends, the timeline tries to fix itself, uh, despite chaos things happening at the same time. So speaking of yeah. Richard Knack and Kaz, remember, keep a close eye on the Dragonlance Nexus, because we are uh, currently working on a project together with Richard Knack. So that's yes. something that we're all super excited about. and is if you're uh if you love Richard Knack like we all do, uh and you love Kaz and and you love Minotaurs, keep an eye out. Um I wanna kind of circle around to another topic. One of the things that I wanted to discuss was the presence of Immolatus in this book. Did you guys feel like he was a good sort of antagonist for this book? Well, let me say, let me let me attach a, a writer to that. I was not disappointed with him as an antagonist exactly although i didn't i find i found him a bit kind of funny rather than threatening what i did like as antagonists were the these assassins the the goodlos or the godless as they're called they were scary i was reading this and i was like wow i can't believe margaret rice and tracy hickman came up with these villains these guys are these guys are nasty they were different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they, were, them. they were cool. So does anybody yeah, have I, any, any thoughts on, on Immolatus or his, his role in the story? Because, I mean, he is sort of the the antagonist of the whole story, the villain of the piece. Yeah, well, you um, might say Chaos is the villain of the piece, but Immolatus yeah. is secondary. 
like, like I said, I, I think that it was cool that they tied the thread for the future novel. Um, and a lot of people will just say, well, that's just fan service. Well, let me tell you what, I am here for all the fan service. Um, <laughs> I want to see what I like. And when I see what I like, uh, I'm going to enjoy it. So I like when stories get tied together from older works. So whether it's mm-hmm. Dragonlance, whether it's Star Wars, um, oh, Luke Skywalker showed up for fan service. I don't care because that scene was awesome at the end of Mandalorian <laughs> Season 2. Um, yeah, I'm I'm all for fan service. I, I love it because I'm a fan. So uh, exactly. service, service me, please. <laughs> I'd just like to remind everyone that the uh, Dragonlance Canticle podcast is a uh, semi-family friendly uh, podcast. And we try to keep things rated PG-13. Hi, everyone. This is Megan from the future. As sometimes happens, we had so much fun chatting about Dragons of Fate that we just kept going and going. So I decided to break our discussion up into two separate episodes. Check back in a week to listen to part two of our Dragons of Fate discussion. See you then. 